When Joe Burns and his co-founder attended a growth accelerator program, they were asked one question by their coach, which changed the course of their business and their partnership. What revenue number do you want in three years? If you haven't asked yourself or your co-founder that question, you will want to after you hear Joe's story. In this episode, we go back to that moment Joe and his partner realised they were on two very different paths and the steps they took to find alignment. Hi Joe, and welcome to the Coaching Time Machine. When are we going back to? We're going back to June 2015. Brilliant, and, what, and what's happening for you in this moment? Okay, so we've instructed a coach under the Growth Accelerator Programme, which is something that was done back then, uh, to sit with myself and my business partner at the time and to do a mentoring coaching session, essentially, for, for us to look at growth in our business that we'd established. Okay, and wh- and where's this this sort of session happening? Okay, so we're in a we're in our meeting room. So we've got our own offices, and we've got a boardroom style uh, meeting room, and we're sat round uh, sat round a boardroom essentially. Correct. It's you, this advisor, and your business partner. Correct. Yes. Okay, so talk 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 me through this 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 meeting. Okay, so this is our first session. So literally the opening session with this growth coach or coach or mentor and the first session we were doing was something called an orbit chart so it was a a form of us doing a a three-year business plan essentially you've got a big sheet of paper on the on the boardroom table and the idea is to go through and look at what your growth will be in year one two and three but generally the way that we were instructed to do this is to think about what we wanted to achieve mm. come year three, essentially. So what did we want our turnover and profitability to be by year three? And that's where we're at. Okay, so you've, you've, you're, you're mid-exercise, you've completed the exercise? No, so just just kind of starting out, really. So mm. we've got the sheet of paper and the, the growth coach has basically said to me and my business partner, uh, what do you what do you want your turnover to be uh, in year three? So three years from now, what do you want the turnover of the business to 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 become? And so, to me, that question was very uh, about ambition. We've got a growth coach. Essentially, it's about what can we do to scale this business and grow this business. Hmm. Okay. And so, so at this moment, what what, what comes up? Okay, so so we sat there. Obviously, we've got myself and my business partner uh, have been asked this question, you know, generally between the two of us, and immediately a figure pops into my head, uh, and and equally a figure has popped into my business partner's head, and at that point he's he's turned around and said, "Well, in three years, uh, I I want the the turnover of the business to be one million pounds." Now, for context. The year before, the financial year we'd just ended, the year before, we'd done £800,000 turnover that year. And the year before that, we'd done £600,000 turnover. So essentially, we'd already grown by 200000 between those two years. Mm. Uh, and and so he'd then said, I, I want a, a million pound turnover in three years from, from now. And what, what was your number? And myself, I was... Uh, I was shocked by that to some degree because to me, I was thinking we would be able to do a million pounds next year, next financial year, without even applying 
too much effort. And for me, the, the idea of getting this growth coaching was to look at how we push the business, how we grow this business, and how we scale it much bigger than what we'd already been doing uh, with our own, you know, our own self devices devices. So, so to me, I was thinking more like 2 million. And then I felt a bit like I was too far away. So I says, as I was like, well, million and a half. Um, to me, it should be a million and a half. And, and that is because I would expect reasonably to do a million pound next year. And, and, and I would imagine that we should be able to push for a million and a half at least come three years time. Mm. And how, how, did, how did it feel just to see those two different numbers? Well, straight away, obviously, initially, it's a surprise and a bit of shock because we're like, wow, how how we, you know, we've done so well as a business. We've grown quite well. We'd, we'd established, we'd, we were employing about 14 or 15 people in this business by by this point. And, and we'd done really well to get to the point we had. And then just that simple question to then open this huge difference in what our ambitions were for the next three years. And obviously, we were both business partners we've both been working together for around about nine or ten years at, at this point and and as I say doing really well but we were like god this is you know this is complete difference in, in ambition so it's a bit of shock and a bit of surprise I'd say. Hmm. And was this the first time you'd, you'd suspected that your ambitions were different? No, I think over the years we knew we did have difference in risk appetite generally and we were quite conscious of of that and and it was it was good i mean the good thing about having two almost two polarizing kind of attitudes to risk is that you meet somewhere in the middle then and it helps to pull i was always quite a risk taker i'd always want to push forward and do things and and challenge things and come up with new ideas and and my business partner would often put the brakes on a little bit and make me think hard about what we were doing and how we were doing it, make sure we were justifying any decisions that we made and we'd thought it through properly. So so that balance worked well over the years and it helped stabilise the, the business, uh, particularly as we were going through at the time, you know, the, the building of the business and the growth of the business was during the last financial crisis as mm. well. So kind of needed that stability in the business. But at this point, you know, we sat talking to a growth coach and and to me, it just didn't seem right that we would we would almost just plod along for the next three years. What, what does that open up for you? So you, you've, you've got this partner you've been working with for nine, ten years. Up until this point, the, the stability and challenge has been a good thing. What, what are you feeling now about that stability and challenge? Well, straight, straight away, it makes it, it makes it more difficult. It makes decisions more difficult. When, when I'm, I've got a certain, you know, kind of growth ambition that I'm going to and I'm and it's quite clear that my business partner's got a different viewpoint on that and and the attitude to risk to doing that obviously to grow you need we would need to add more people we'd need to have more clients do some more marketing we need to spend more money to get us to that point and equally the other side if we're just going to you know almost plod along we don't need to take as much risk it's almost quite relaxed and laid back and and yeah that's that, that was difficult to adopt because i'm there i'm almost like at ferrari speed now i'm mm. going i want to i want to accelerate i want to put my foot down and whereas 
he was putting the brakes on at the same time. So, and as you know, you can't do both of those things at the same time in a car. It just doesn't work. So, so that was the, that was the struggle, I think, at that point. Where, where do you go from here? What are your options? Well, I mean, we've got to come to some sort of, we've either one person's got to win, you know, one person's got to justify it and, and push forward, or we've got to come to some form of compromise and meet in the middle, uh, aspect of of it and as as it happened in in that moment we we did you know we chatted it through and got some reasoning oh why do you think why do you think we'll only do a million in in three years and and as i say we'd gone through the financial crisis and we're coming out the other end of that and the feedback was very much it's going to be challenging it's going to be difficult a lot of, we're in the IT sector, so a lot of people were removing a lot of spend from buying a lot of capital equipment and moving more to cloud-based um, solutions. So that would have taken a hit. And it's all understandable and realistic points. But at the same time, we'd been through this. We'd been through challenges in the past where we needed to like change, evolve. We needed to do things slightly differently. We needed to look at new markets. And so it wasn't new to us to, to take on that challenge and push through and and, and open up new new avenues. So to me it was like yes it's going to be challenging it always is really in business but we need to find ways and solutions to go through that and to and to improve uh, so in the end we we did um you know we kind of settled on the million and a half target that i'd kind of put forward even though again initially i was probably going to say something more like two million but we we did kind of settle on a million and a half three years and and even though this was literally the start of this session and you've got this you know poor coach mentor that's just opened up with that and now we're we're at a point where we're challenging just that very question as to what we're going to do how what's the starting point when we had settled on a figure it did allow us to to start planning as to how we were going to get to that target which was kind of the whole point of the session but it does sound like there's just one very simple question called into question whether someone who'd been your partner on this first part of the journey was right for the next part of your journey yeah i mean and it, it did transpire more after this and the realization that our vision and ambition was so far apart uh, yeah it definitely it definitely created more of a question as to whether this is going to work long term you know can we see this through if we've got such contrasting views on on what our plans are but it's interesting from what you said before that actually you felt that that your balance of views worked really well for you in the first first part of the business it just crystallized at a point that you that you might be heading in different directions I think there's so much you can do where there's middle ground, but I feel like you can get further and further apart from that centre point, and it's almost like it's a bit like politics, isn't it? You you know you've got two, you might have two extremes, and if you're quite close to the middle, if both you're quite close to the middle or somewhere there and about, you can usually meet somewhere that works for both parties. But I feel as views or ambitions become more extremely pulled to one side or the other, it becomes more and more difficult to meet in the middle. And so, so to run this forward from from this moment, so you have this realization, you settle on a number. How does this play out? We'd agreed this number, but bearing in mind that the number was something that I kind of tabled, and and so I had to do more justification. Really, I had to go. Well, yeah, we can do this, and 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 in a way, I think it probably meant that the pressure tipped towards 
me to some degree because you know like accountability and and when there's two parties involved if somebody's the if somebody's pushing a decision then it's always well if it doesn't work it's your fault you know that kind of thing so i, I do feel that because i'd kind of um, put the line in as to where i wanted it to be it was it was very much up to me to prove that that could be done so yeah so then going forward in the weeks and months that followed that that moment that conversation we we did find that decision making was more challenging although we'd kind of come to an agreement about what we were what we were looking to do and and our plans over the next 3 years it still was some sort of realization between us that we were we were completely different in terms of how we would go about these decision making and so having gone so long in the business without you know you have debates obviously as a, as a business partner you, you've got to come to compromises some usually someone wins or someone loses and you, you just it's tick for tack and but we were finding it was more difficult to get no, no nobody wanted to back down so we'd get to a point where decisions were difficult to make because there would be, be no agreement um, at all going forward so so because of more of those conversations more difficult conversations and more challenging then we kind of agreed that it wasn't going to we'd realize now that that it wasn't going to work with the two of us with our contrasting views on on everything and that at some point something's got to give you know one person's got to step out of the business or and, and that's kind of we had a moment where where that was discussed and it was a case of um he was basically you know i want i, I kind of feel like i need out of this and and to me i was kind of like okay that makes sense we you know i un i understand and um and i would buy you out of the business but i don't just want to make up a figure between us i don't want us to try and debate this between us to come up with a figure you know say same thing we don't want to be in a position where we're kind of arguing about something so and i was always told my dad brought me up on the whole thing of something's worth what somebody else is prepared to pay for it so I threw the idea up of, well, what if we invited offers from a third party for the business as a whole? And if we were to get an offer and you you were going to accept that, I'd like first refusal of paying you 50% of whatever is offered. So it would basically be a real market value for the business. So that's basically what we then pursued doing. Hmm. So it's kind of this, this, this moment of realisation led to a situation where you've got, feels like it's almost your path your responsibility and the sense but also that even making decisions became harder and harder up to a point where selling either to each other or externally was was the only option yeah i think so i think it needed that needed to happen it wouldn't i don't think it would have survived those three years if we'd have just carried on do you think if you hadn't gone to the growth coach do you think it would have surfaced in those three years difficult to say to be honest with you. I know it sounds ridiculous that one simple question could raise so so much um and bring us to a point where we were trying to get on the same page or trying to understand what page we were on I I don't know I think we would have probably just carried on the way we were and we'd have just been ticking along and doing what we were doing every year and as long as the figures look good as on paper we would have just carried on so I'm not sure I don't think it would have sprung into action what actually happened and 
if you were to rate yourself out of 10 on a happiness level the day before that conversation with the growth coach, mm. what number would you give yourself? Uh, probably it was pretty stressful. If we were doing a lot of work, so I um, probably wouldn't have been up near a 10. I might have been a, a maybe um, a 7, I'd have said. And once you got to the stage where you did this growth period, sold the business, what 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 number would you give yourself out of 10 then? So after after everything was done and completed, mm. probably more like an eight or a nine. And and again, that sounds weird. A lot of people talk about acquisitions of businesses because the point as well is just for context, I stayed in the business. So we ended up looking at external, kind of skipped a little bit, but, yeah, but we, we looked externally as to as to whether someone would buy the business. And it was agreed between the two of us that we would sell the business. We'd got a value that we would we were both happy to take. And so we were going to sell the entire business. But part of that was that I did still have this ambition, this growth ambition. I wasn't really done with the business, uh, but it just made sense to sell the entire business and for me to stay part of that and part of the growth team and the management team going forward. And, and for him to exit the business at that point after acquisition so that's what that's what happened and afterwards again a lot of people talk about they sell their business and they become you know stressed and annoyed and upset by everything and in my in my experience with what happened it wasn't actually like that because if you're working as a, a partnership with somebody else you're still having to, even though there's only two of you and you're in the business, you still have to justify everything. You still have to get everything kind of cleared and make sure that you're both on the same page as as per the, the conversation. But now I had a different business partner. It, it, it was the new owners that I had to justify everything to. But obviously, as they were going through their due diligence and looking at what they were buying, they were interested in my growth plan. They kind mm. of, they that's what they wanted. They wanted that kind of return um, and they wanted to see that sort of percentage growth year on year and so so actually almost had gone from a business partner where there wasn't much synergy or we hadn't got the shared vision to being acquired so I didn't own any of the business anymore but feeling like I had conversations with people where they were on the same page in terms of growth and they wanted me to push the growth that I was talking about so yeah, it's it's a weird it was a weird dynamic in in that case. But yeah, I'd probably be saying more like an eight or a nine after immediately after. What's interesting is that seven out of ten is still a pretty decent score. I was gonna I was gonna say I, I think I think I said to you before I'm a bit of an optimist, so I, I kind of see everything as like good, and uh, I struggle to see, and it's probably a negative in my view, and it's also probably why I'm quite. Um, like I take risks is I see everything as being quite optimistic and I see everything as positive. I, I struggle to see a lot of challenges and negativity. I kind of try and eliminate that. So when people are asking me to score something out of 10, I'll always pick quite an <laughs> optimistic number. So, yeah. But I think what's interesting is that there's seven, it's not low enough to drive change in, in many cases because seven, seven is a decent score. And so yeah. this other path of just... Despite this 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 motivation to do more and this hunger to do more, it sounds like it could quite easily have been, particularly with your optimism, a path that you could have stayed on. Yeah, I I think so. And but again, looking back, I I I could have definitely stayed on that path. And had we not had the growth coaching, and had we not 
talked about this and gone through it and looked at what we wanted to achieve, I think, it, yeah, it would have been quite easy for us to carry on. And But I think we'd have just plodded along. That's the thing. And, and that makes me almost a little bit uneasy that that could have been a route we would have gone because, again, my ambition of, of growth needed to come out i think that needed to that needed to come out because because otherwise it would have been yeah i, I think at some point i would have become uneasy i'd have been you know restless and wanting to look at what what else what next so potentially a seven that could suddenly implode into a three or a two yeah because again going back to so you asked me to, to score it the day before and at that point as far as i was concerned there wasn't really much that was wrong you know, there was nothing, there was no conversations. You, I say you, you, de- you debate points, but we were getting on great. We were, it, we were growing the business. It wasn't clear to me at that point that there was potentially a different path or that I was on a path that I wouldn't have been comfortable carrying on with, essentially. But I'm wondering whether this optimism that you've referred to, taken to an extreme, potentially might be dangerous for you. Yeah, I agree. And again, that's going back to the balance. Having so having worked with a business partner in the past, and I've you know co-founded another business um, in 2019, and I have business partners in, in that business. And I tend to find that I work well with other people. Uh, obviously, there has to be this middle. There has to be this middle ground. There has to be this synergy that you're all on the same journey. You're on the same path, and you've got the same ambition or similar ambitions at, at least. But I. I agree. I have this eternal optimism that can make it very difficult for me to spot danger or spot things that aren't that somebody else might spot easily, and somebody else might rein me in by saying, "Actually, well, we need to slow down a, a second. So, yeah, I agree. But interestingly, it sounds like it's not only about slowing down; it might actually be about speeding up. Mm-hmm. Because in that situation, when you were scoring yourself a seven, actually, you weren't going as fast as you potentially could have done. Because you're optimistic about the situation. Also true. I have this, not only optimism, I do have this ambition and and sometimes I can feel unfulfilled if, if something, if I, if I feel that I've done something, I always talk about targets, setting targets and thinking big. And because sometimes I'll set a target and I'll hit it. And again, the thing is you hit it and then go, well, I could have done more then, couldn't I? Because it felt too easy. So the target should have been bigger. Uh, so I feel like there's this element of being unfulfilled. And again, it's why we've started another, I've started another business with different you know, co-founders this time. But that's why I'm happy to take the challenge on again is because I kind of feel like the first time around, look on reflection, I don't feel as fulfilled as I should have in terms of, even though not many businesses get over a million pounds, like not m- too many startup businesses get to a point where they're over a million turn- turnover anyway, not many see out an exit with an acquisition a seven-figure acquisition you know not not many businesses go through that so i do recognize that actually a good journey it was a good journey and and a lot of people would see that as extreme success compared to to what else they see but for me i'm sat there going could have been a lot better you know we could have done so much better and i feel like an element of being unfulfilled because we didn't do it as well as we could have done hmm so, so what lessons can you take from that into your current business? Well, there's a few things I think I've brought about the new the new business in terms of going through that experience myself of building, scaling, and selling a business, 
up to a point where I'm now, when we sat down, there's three co-founders now. So even, you know, it's not just two of us now, there's three, but in a way that's kind of good because you've almost got quorum with the fact that there's three of you. But the, for me, it's making sure that from day one, you're all aligned on what the goals are. What are you trying to achieve with the business? Where are we trying to go? How big do we, how big do we want to get? And what timescales do we want to get? I think we did have a business plan in the other business, but having not gone through it before and understanding, you know, the end game and what we're trying to achieve, I don't think it was as focused or as clear as it should have been. So this time around, yeah, I think it was completely different. We sat down and we said, what do we want to do? Yeah, three years, five years, where do we want to be? What do we want the value of the business to be? Who do we want to bring into it? What do we want to share with the people in that we bring into the business to make it great for them? And all of that was done from day one. So we understood exactly what we were doing together. I think that was really important. And the other thing I kind of pointed out was thinking big. You know, every time I hit a target, I think, oh, that's too small. And so you've got to think of, I feel you've got to think of things and people rein themselves back because they go, oh, we won't be able to do that. And they, they doubt themselves. But but I tell, I tell you what, you get to it and you hit it and then you go, oh, I should have definitely set a bigger target. Because again, using the accelerator as, a, as an example, do you know as soon as some as soon as soon as a racing car goes over the finish line, they pull the they pull their accelerator off. You know, like there's nothing to keep going for. There's no target to to drop. Once they've got there, they, they they slow down, and that's what happens. If you set a target and you start to reach it or you reach it, you go oh celebrate. It's chill now. But do you know if it had been ten percent, twenty percent higher, you'd have pushed to get to that extra 10, 20% above what you what you reach. So for me, setting big targets is, is massive. Make them so that they're really, really hard to hit. Unhittable or hard to hit? Hard to hit. I mean, the, again, the orbit chart exercise that we started off with, I think it's a great exercise because you start with end in mind, you kind of think, well, what do we want the target to be? You know, And then you do your sanity check. And you do your, how do we get there? What are the steps? Because I always think, you know, in any business, you, you see businesses that get to ridiculous figures. And I'm not saying everybody that starts a business should should aim to be Facebook or someone that's, you know, someone's like that. But, you know, every startup business at some point was a startup business and they had an ambition to get to a certain point. And, and it, it, again, for me, people say, oh, it's not possible, but it's been done these things have been done before it just it needs the plan and and how to do it and and quite often that means what's what do you want to achieve what's the figure and then how do you get that get back and it and to me i i, I love the orbit chart because a lot of it's down to maths it's simple what's the figure how do i divide that by the number of clients the number of months in a year you know how many do we need and how many is practical to to, to take on but whatever that figure is it just leads you to your next question you know, if we need X number of clients per month, well, how many leads do we need to generate to, to produce that? The number could go up, but it just means you need to spend more on marketing, advertising, a, bit, a better team, convert at a higher ratio. Everything's possible. You just need to work out what you need to do and put the effort and the time and the money into doing it. So, so yeah, for me, in terms of what the figure should be for, for each individual, it's kind of up to them. But I, I do... I do encourage people to to not think based on what you're trying to, or what's realistic. Try and think what you want and then reverse engineer that to see how you get there. I, I do that with my coaching clients. Like I talk about a three-stage process. Kind of do your one vision, work mm. backwards, 
and then support forwards because yeah. when you're when you're standing where you are now and then you look forwards all you can see are blockers and reasons why you can't do something when you jump yeah. to the future you start figuring out all the ways that you can yeah absolutely yeah 100% behind that I do that all the time and it's exactly why we we do it that way and reverse it reverse it back yeah when it comes to your personal score then so you you've you've <laughs> you're smiling already so yeah. when you have the sense of, a, sort of you're hitting these big numbers like you, you've started this new business you're setting bigger targets you're working with sort of partners who are with you on this journey do you still have this sense of I could have set a bigger number yeah it, happen- it happens through as we're going it, it happens I mean we, we did start with a number and we, we're now three years in and again to put this in in perspective in context the previous businesses but the previous business I was talking about, it took 10 years to get to a million pound turnover in that business. Um, and it could have been 13. <laughs> um, but the it took yeah 10 or 11 years to get to a million pound turnover in that business. In the new business that we started, which we planned, you know, in my mind, big targets. So we set ourselves a target to get a million pound turnover within three years. And we're in our third year and we're going to do a million pound this financial year. So, and again, it took 10, 11 years to do that in the, in the, in the previous business. So we would have probably said that's a big, a big ambitious target in, in the grand scheme of things. But then again, when you do it and it seems quite easy to get there, absolutely. You go, yeah, should have probably still set, probably should have still set a bigger number, even though it sounded ridiculously ambitious given my previous experience. But how does that leave you feeling when you're, you're hitting this number, which is, three times faster than your last business but leaving you feeling like you could have set a bigger number it just keeps telling me to set bigger targets going forwards um and again i i am i feel like we are now at the point where when we say it it sounds unbelievable to people and that's kind of what i want you know i want to say something to someone that sounds so extreme to them that they go they almost laugh at it that's kind of the impression I want because also that's great motivation. Do you know, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than someone telling you that you can't do something in my eyes. Again, that's probably the way I am. I think some other people would, you know, it, it might set them back. They might have self doubt and, and limiting beliefs as a, as a result of what's said to them. But for me, if someone says you, you won't be able to do that, it eggs me on and I'm like, right, we'll show them. Um, so, so yeah, for me, it's now setting targets that are even bigger, setting targets that when you tell somebody what the target is, they they think it's a joke. Um, I think that's the level I'm at now. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 now when when you have your conversations with your new business partners, you, if you come to them with a level with a target, which what do you think they would turn around to and say that number's a joke? No, I, it's funny again. The the difference is so the business partners that are with me now were also on the journey in a different way with the previous business. They worked in that business. So they've known they've known me as a person and the goals and achievements and things that I've, I've been I've been looking to do and and they'll have known they yeah obviously they knew my business partner. We've worked under both of us. Um so they would know what my ambition is like, they'll know what my experience is like. And they in terms of the ambition and the growth and things I think they are led by the fact that I have been there and done this before. And I am saying things like, oh, we need to set, you know, ambitious targets. We don't want to just aim for mediocrity. We want to go big. Right. And 
And again, part of it, now we're doing the journey, now they're, they're on that journey as well, they, they're seeing the results of that. So their confidence is growing massively because we're hitting what we said from day one that we were going to do. So yeah, now I feel like we are all comfortable. We're all on the, the same page. We know exactly where we're going. We know what our targets are, what we're looking to achieve and, and in what timescales we're looking to achieve it. So I feel like that is a much better position to be this time around. You surpassed these targets. I'd be interested to know whether you've you've started increasing the, your future ones. But you said there's a sense of optimism. Is there a sense of happiness if if you if you feel like you these targets are achievable and you've and you've hit them? Yeah, I I, I do. I, there's a sense of pride all the time. Do you know, of course, you look back and you go, "Oh, we could have set a big target. We might have done more." But but equally, every time you do it. And you, you're proving people wrong as well because you know we're at the point where it sounds unrealistic. Some of the things that we're that we're saying, when you start proving people wrong, there's an element, there's a massive element of pride, uh, which obviously makes makes us happy. We feel comfortable that we're we, you know we're really delivering on what we said we were going to do, and and it makes you makes you more confident. Um, it makes you happy in yourself that you're actually achieving something and you're getting somewhere. So yeah, absolutely. Mm. So it feels like you found quite a nice balance between ambition and satisfaction. I can see a Paul Skull shirt behind you. I imagine Roy Roy Keane features very highly in your pantheon of uh, leaders you admire. Everyone like that. It's funny, I've got um, a side story. One of the things that I I did was I I played football uh, against the Class 92. Okay, so this was after we'd sold the business. It was an auction prize. We were at Salford City Football Club, Player of the Year do. And the the auction prize was play football against the class of 92. And I'm like, well, I'm I'm having this. You know, again, it's one of those things. I'm like, I, I want to do this. So I'm having this. And uh, and yeah, the, the the money went up on the auction prize and, and it, they ended up splitting it. So they ended up having three people who all bought the prize, you know, got more money in for them as well. Um but yeah, I, so I played football at, in the hotel on 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 the top floor in the five side against Class Ninety Two, and that kind of attitude. I know with football analogies, but that attitude of those players is kind of the same mentality. They would literally not accept anything less than their best, um, and it was for so long as well. When you look at that group of players, for so long they needed to be at their very best and they wouldn't accept anything less than the best and uh, i'm a big fan of gary neville i met him a few times but big fan of gary neville and in business and and the way uh, the way he comes across in business as well and he retired because he knew he couldn't he, he couldn't do the best anymore and he was not going to accept anything less than what his best was and once he'd recognized that um, uh, on himself he was like now nah, i'm done i'm gonna have to finish because I can't keep going, just plodding along. It just won't work for me. So, but yeah, I, I feel like growing up and watching that group of players has definitely had some sort of influence in wanting to be the best as well. Do you think it comes a point then when when you might lose that, what feels like a very strong hunger to like beat targets, continue improving, look after your customers, beat the competition? There's, Is there a target that you hit that maybe... That may sates that possibly i think um i think i'm always going to have that at my core and it's going to be on whatever i do so you know in in years to come if i 
you know exit this business at point uh, at some point in the future i i'll have something else i've always got i've always got things going on in my head what else could i do what could i do next what could i make better and that's another element as well i'm always looking at what could i do better what industry has got a bad rep that could improve and we could stand out amongst a really poor crowd uh, recruitment in particular is one of those by the way but the um yeah i'm always thinking about the next thing that i could they could do and I could do better than than other people so I feel like that core is always going to be in me and, and but generally in terms of slowing down yes I feel like you know I won't want to be constantly chasing I won't want to constantly be like at 100% uh, in terms of pushing the accelerator down uh, but I, I feel like whatever I do or whatever I go into I am still going to have that mindset of I want to be the best at that even if it's only a small thing that i'm the best at um so I, I feel like that will continue okay and just 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 for the listeners benefit in terms of we, we found you in that moment of sort of was it a million was it a million and a half what was the number you eventually got to and where and where and where are you today so yeah in terms of the business was acquired a year after, so we did do a million turnover the year after, not in three years. So we did hit that target. And then within three years, which was post-acquisition, but still me running that same business and its same cost center, it wasn't wasn't part of another business in terms of the turnover. We did 1.6 million within three years. So we again, we overachieved on what we said. Uh, in terms of now, we're at... Uh, as I mentioned, we're at a point where we've got a new business very similar to what the last business was doing in all fairness, just with a different methodology and a different mentality. And we're three years in and we're already at a million pound turnover. And the in terms of ambition and growth plans, not necessarily turnover, although it links back to that, we've got a, ver- we've got a plan to, uh, to get to a valuation of a 10 million pound business within the next four to five years. So we have got the plan that we've cemented in terms of it's definitely achievable. We just need to follow the, the course um, that will get us to a, you know, to a 10 million valuation. And that's not to say 10 million valuation and exit. It's just something that we know if we get to a certain point in terms of profitability, contracts, clients, we know that that business will then be worth 10 million. So mm. that's that's the target. Amazing. And having having gone back through this today, is there anything that's that's any realization that's come up for you? I think the well, there's a few bits in terms of ask that one question that was asked. That one question opened up a whole thing of realization that our ambitions were too far apart to find any middle ground, and and I think in terms of people listening. And getting that, if you are in a business partnership, obviously, if you're in a business on your own, it's not so much of a big deal. But, you know, if you're in a business partnership, which a lot of businesses do start co-founded, then make make sure that you're absolutely crystal clear that you're all in on the same journey, on the same path with the same goals. Uh, the one thing I will say to that, though, is things do change. So, you know, priorities in life change. People have kids or, you know, move to different locations and things things change. And so I think it's a good thing to keep reviewing and making sure that everybody is still on the same path and you all understand. And if there is any differences that you tackle it as quickly as possible, rather than letting it get to a point where you're so far apart that there is no middle ground anymore. So I'd definitely say that. And the other thing as well, I learned from 
that experience and I was definitely not as good at at the time is is understanding other people's perspective you know framing like framing my perspective in somebody else's shoes you know looking it through their eyes and I think that's really important because obviously you know what you, you want yourself but you've equally got to understand what other people want out of it as well amazing joe well thank you so much for taking time to talk that through no problem thanks for having me as you heard today coaching opens up a whole range of insights and areas to explore if you have a potential moment to revisit on the podcast or just want to learn more about coaching book in for a 30-minute chat with me at peer-effect.com